this is Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to Cool Jazz Favorites. Hi, this is Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to Easy Listening Jazz Favorites. Okay. Hi, this is Zach Galatinakis. You're listening to KUCI Irvine 88.9. to our digital future every Friday at 4.30 p.m. And today we have in-studio guests. We have Cindy Trin, attorney. Thank you for coming all the way from Brooklyn, New York. You're welcome, Ziba. I'm so glad we could finally have you on my show. Yeah, I'm finally glad to be here. And we get to talk about libraries, museums, and archives. And you are a copyright a specialist, is that correct? Yeah, well, um, I want to particularize my practice, my practice of law in the field of copyright. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a specialist just yet. <laughs> like, in order to become a specialist, you have to go through a lot of certification. But I want to I want to focus my practice in copyright law and trademarks. Uh, some patents, but mostly copyrights and trademarks. How did you get into that um, area of work? What interested you as an undergrad or your history? Like, what started you off? Um, during law school, I took a lot of intellectual property courses, and that really spawned my love for copyright. I've always been interested in, you know, the arts and music and literature and film. Um, so this kind of spun off of my love for those things. So instead of being the actual artist, because I never thought I was good enough to be the actual artist, I decided, hey, why not protect the artist? So, um, you know, that's what I hope to do as a lawyer, uh, protect artists and designers uh, so that they can protect their works and we can share works and, you know, amongst everybody fairly, but also encourage artists to continue creating and continue doing what they love to do. And you were just in um, Syracuse, New York, studying law. How did that go? Was that a nice area over there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was hard to adjust. I'm originally from Orange County, California, so going out to Syracuse, it was really cold during the winter time, and it snowed a lot. So that was hard to get used to the first winter, but after the first winter, you adjust, and now I love wintertime. I love fall, and I love winter out in New York. Um, Syracuse itself was a very tough area to adjust to, but I was there for school and, you know, I studied a lot, so I, I didn't really do much in the city itself. I, I stuck mainly to the law school because, you know, when you're, when you're in law school, it kind of consumes your life. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a huge adjustment, um, but now I'm in Brooklyn and I, I love it there. I love Brooklyn. Um, great, great borough. I, I work in Manhattan, but I live in Brooklyn. So. Oh, where do you, what do you do for work in Manhattan? Well, right now, um, just uh, kind of get myself in the field of law and get some practice. I'm working for a civil rights firm. Uh, we do a lot of dis- discrimination cases against Uh, people that have been unfairly prejudiced because of their race, ethnicity, gender, or sexual orientation. Um, 
we file claims under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, so most of our cases are people who have been fired from their jobs because of their gender or their race or you know sexual orientation. We also do some uh, hate crimes, the civil side though, not the criminal side. We do some hate, we do the civil damages side of some hate crimes. But yeah, most of the work that uh, we do is discrimination uh, in the employment area. I know I um, watched a film recently, a documentary, I think it was on HBO, and it's called um, New York Sex Crimes Unit, and it was based on lawyers in New York working with all the, I think the rape cases, and they would get the footage from, like, club surveillance films. So there's all types of this stuff in New York, and you're dealing with the discriminatory work. Has, how long have you been working there for? Oh, not very long. I just started. <laughs> well, I just finished uh, law school in May, and then I took the bar exam in July. So, um, you know, I just started there, like, very recently, and then I've been kind of on vacation since uh, I, I think everybody deserves a post-bar vacation. And uh, I go back to work um, next week when I go back to New York. So, not very long. Um, you know, I'm just starting out. I'm a young attorney, so I'm getting, getting a feel for the field and learning the, the steps, you know, to being a, a good attorney. And I like this firm a lot because they're a very liberal and progressive firm, which, you know, that it, 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 co it co co coincides with my own ideals, you know, as a person. So uh, that's what I like about this kind of work a lot is that, you know, you might not make too much money, but <laughs> you're doing a really good cause. You're doing a really good service for those people, and you're, you know, getting justice for them. And that's what being a lawyer really is about. Sometimes lawyers, I think, forget about that, and they become, you know, greedy and money-hungry. But I hope that as an attorney, I... We'll never compromise my ideals. Yeah, you know, I want to remain true to myself, and and th this type of work, like, it's not exactly what I want to do, because, like I said, I want to be a copyright lawyer. But I already had decided upon myself that once I do become a, you know, full-on attorney, I want to do civil rights work pro bono, because every lawyer should do pro bono work, and that would be. Um, my pro bono work. So this is great because now I can learn all the steps that I need to do in order to file, you know, Title VII cases so that, let's say in the future when I do find my dream job as a copyright lawyer, I can still do pro bono work on the civil rights side and, and know exactly what to do. So it's been a journey and it's been a long journey but hopefully one day it just all pays off. <laughs> Congratulations, I know you started in the UC system, you were an undergrad here in the University of California system, but you don't plan on coming back to California to be a lawyer? No, I went to UC Riverside, I graduated um, 2006 and you know I moved out to New York for law school and I fell in love with the East Coast, like I don't plan on coming back here anytime soon at least. And, you know, I took the New York bar exam, so uh, that that right there is reason to stay in New York. But
but I love I love New York City. Um, it's a great city. It's also a very frustrating city, but it's a great city. It's what I, where I want to be is because of the type of law I want to do. You know, copyrights and trademarks. It's very big in New York City. It's also big in Hollywood, but you know, I want to spend this part of my life, my my late twenties uh, and thirties, in New York and practice law there. So I'll always have a place to come back here when I visit family. You know, it's my hometown. But uh, yeah, I plan to stay out in New York. Yeah, I met Cindy through Classy Fridays Irvine <laughs> bike ride. So zot zot for Irvine and then bikes, yay. Yeah, I, uh, me and Ziva used to bike a lot, right? And uh, that was before I went to law school. Now I don't have any time to bike. <laughs> but, but at that time you were preparing for law school or you were applying to law school? Yeah, at the, actually when I met you, um, I had already gotten in. I was already accepted and I was just riding out my time here until I left for, that, for the fall of 2008 was when I started law school. So, yeah, it, it, that, was, uh, that was a fun time that we had during, <laughs> before I left. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, sometimes I miss the things I used to do a lot before I became an adult. <laughs> an adult. Yeah, three years, takes three years to become an adult, right? Yeah, it takes, to, yeah, it takes three years to become an adult. <laughs> now you can be a, a lawyer on a bike. Yeah, no, I'll still ride my bike. I will still ride my bike around the city and, you know, go to work that way. Well, I take the train mostly, but uh, I still I'll, I still try to make some time to ride my bike every now and then. Just not as often as I used to. Like when we did, we were riding like a few times a week, you know. Yeah, I rode my bike to the library today. Too bad you're not here uh, Friday. They have a, oh, but you need to borrow a bike. <laughs> <laughs> But you, so you go back Thursday, and then you say you're going back to work. So where was your vacation? Is this your vacation? You said you're post-bar Oh, yeah. I had a huge vacation. Um, well, I went to Burning Man. Um, oh, yeah. Tell us. Yeah, that was the most amazing, life-changing experience I've ever had. I actually met an attorney there, which was very, very surprising, because that, that was the last place I thought I would ever meet an attorney. And I had a very, very uh, deep conversation with him about, you know, being an attorney but not compromising your ideals and your life just because you're in that, this field, just because you're in the legal field. You don't have to change everything about yourself just because you're a lawyer. And, you know, he was very, very relaxed. He was very, you could tell he was a hippie when he was younger. You know? <laughs> like, he, he was a very relaxed person. And I've never really met a lot of lawyers like that because most of the lawyers that, that I've uh, encountered are so high-strung all the time. And, you know, I never want to be like that. I don't want to be the person that, you know, lives to work, not work to live. So... Yeah, we had a really good conversation, and just a lot of people I met at Burning Man, you know, my campmates, some of them were from Australia, then another one was from London, and then some others were from Greece, and then others from Canada, and then, you know, some others from Colorado, so we had people just from all over the world come together, and we, we just enjoyed each other's company, you know, we would like cook dinner together and go out to the events together so it was fun it was like a little mini family for a week and 
It was amazing. The artwork was absolutely amazing. It was mind-blowing. And, you know, like, it really does change people's lives. And I know why now, because it is a very, very, very emotional event. So I had the greatest time of my life at Burning Man. And it was such a great break from New York City because it's so chaotic in the city all the time. And people are not very friendly. And they're pretty, you know, New York City has a reputation for a reason. Like everybody has tunnel vision. And no one really cares about anyone else besides themselves. Which is, you know, that, that's a Western mentality. You know, we kind of fend for ourselves kind of mentality. Isn't that how it is in California a little? Or no? No, I think California is completely different. I think um, I've, I've really noticed the differences between California and New York now. Um, you know, obviously California has, has a reputation for being more relaxed and, quote, chill. Uh, New York is definitely the opposite. Everybody is really aggressive and they're all gunners and go-getters and people work themselves to death. You know, like, whereas here, I feel a lot of people, they just work their 9-to-5 jobs, and then they like to relax, and everybody has that beach mentality of, you know, let's just chill out. <laughs> but uh, New York is very different. It's very aggressive, and, you know, you have to have thick skin, really thick skin to live in New York. Yeah, I did notice signs when I went to New York that said, like, no honking allowed, and they're <laughs> on the street, and I was like, why would anybody need a sign, like... People shouldn't honk anyway. <laughs> like, like, we don't honk here. Yeah, well, you can get fined in New York for honking, for unnecessary honking, because it creates so much chaos in the city, you know, so there's a lot of strict rules in New York. Everything is more strict in New York. So, yeah, that's, that, you know, going back to what I was saying about Burning Man, that's why it was such a huge difference, like, from New York to Burning Man, you know, like, Burning Man, there was, like, no rules, really. You know, you're free to be whoever you want and do anything that you want. Whereas, like, in a society, in a city like New York, you know, society teaches you certain things, you know, that you can't do some things and you can't act a certain way. You can't always, you know, be totally free and um that's that's the that's the one thing that's hard about city life but but anyway it was uh yeah that was the most amazing vacation i ever had i went to seattle afterwards oh yeah how was seattle uh, seattle was great i i think i think seattle would be a city that i would grow old in definitely like when i'm tired of new york city and like i'm too old like i'm in, i'm like 50 and like, i just don't want to be in the city anymore i think seattle would be the perfect place to kind of like grow older you know they like, have great libraries there <laughs> <laughs> well you know actually my friend and from seattle says that um it is that the seattle the city of seattle is the most educated city in the united states there's like more people there that have a college degree and college education than anywhere else in the united states so i found that really interesting you know a lot of people out there are very um education oriented so that's probably why they have really good libraries out there because you know there's so many people that go to college um not a lot of people that go to church, more people that go to college, <laughs> is what a lot of my friends tell me. Which, and, and I just love the mentality of the city. Everybody is so friendly, and you know, I like that you can um, have a little bit of the downtown life, and then you know, go out 10 minutes and be on the lake. You know, that, that was amazing. And people have uh, houseboats on the lake, and they actually live on the water. 
and I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, yeah, it was a great city. I had, I had so much fun. Uh, I saw some of my uh, old law school friends there, met some new friends. You know, it was, it was a good time, really good time. And then I came here uh, for my friend's wedding, one of my oldest friends. Uh, I saw that at, was it UC Irvine? Yeah, That's it was cool. at the university club. Very, very simple wedding. You know, it was beautiful. It was simple and elegant. Um, you know, my friend, I've known her since I was a baby because her dad and my dad are like best friends from when they were young. So, I've known her for a long time, and yeah, she got married, and uh, I guess I'm at that age where all my friends are getting married now. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a lot of people getting married, and then people are saying now that what's it, weird is to see people having baby showers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have some friends that already have babies, and I'm, I just turned 28, and I'm just not even thinking about that right now. <laughs> But I am more career-oriented, you know, I want to get my career as an attorney underway, so, you know, that first, and then maybe family later. <laughs> That's cool, yeah, I turned 30 in April, so I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biological clock is ticking, Ziba. <laughs> yeah, but I need to be a, a librarian somewhere first. Like, yeah. library school will be over this May, and then we can find, maybe I'll be a librarian in Seattle or New York. Yeah. Well, Seattle would be great. You'll always have work because there's so many good universities there. Yeah, one of the top library schools is in um, Seattle, and then the other one's in Chicago, like where I am near, and so I like that area as well. Yeah. Midwest. But it's so great that your position in the in the future you want to deal with copyright and art because I'm trying to be like a librarian with art and film, and I know librarians have to deal with copyright a lot. A lot. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's so difficult to, you know, all these rules. Like, I know um, I was just using this web website, SoundCloud for Music, and they were like, we're taking this down because of copyright. If you don't have permission, this is, you know, not going to fly on your account. Yeah, there's a lot of argument today because of how technology has evolved the you know, laws of copyright. It's harder for the laws to keep up with technology since it's moving so fast. You know, so, like, the argument goes is that, you know, we have to protect, like, artists need to protect their works. So that's why you couldn't access that stuff on the internet, because, you know, they don't want other people reaping the benefits of their work, and not, they're, they're not getting the money that they deserve. On the other hand, you know, we want free information for wide public use is for the better good, right, for the better of society. So we want this kind of information to be shared with, with others, you know, because it helps us grow as a society. It helps us learn and it educates us. It's even in the Constitution of the United States, Congress is given the power to make laws in order to promote the progress of science and arts. So, you know, we want widespread use, but we also, have, at the same time, want to protect artists' rights. So it's about finding a delicate balance between the two goals that we have as a society. We want to find that right balance, and, and that's very difficult. And I think um, we're still learning. We're still trying to find that balance because technology is growing so much, and the law is trying to keep up with it, and it can't just yet. The, the law isn't keeping up with technology yet. So once we kind of uh, find that 
uh, intersection between technology and the law that where they meet in equilibrium, I think that's when um, a lot of the copyright uh, issues will be more resolved, will feel more resolved. But right now, it's a you know there's been a lot of debate going on. You know, the free use, the the fair use, free, wide range, you know, like argument, and then the protecting the artist's incentives argument. So that those two arguments are always going to battle each other. Um, but you know, like it, it, there will there will always be new ways to get access to information. You know, one day. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to access what you want to get. But right now, you know, artists, the artist was probably complaining. The, the person that wrote whatever it was that you were looking for probably complained. And that's why they had to put up that block message. So we have to, we have to respect the artist's wishes, you know. They, they're the ones that are producing these works. They're the ones that want to continue creating these works so we have to respect their wishes um and as a lawyer you would be the one defending the artist or support I, it's hard i i don't know like because i i like both sides so much like i i like protecting the artist my boyfriend is a designer and um you know one day he brought back a contract that his employer tried to get him to sign and i looked at the contract and i was like do, do, do not sign this. Like, you are signing away your rights if you sign this. So, you know, like, in that sense, like, I helped the artists. I like that I helped the artists, because a lot of them don't know any better, and, you know, they'll sign away their rights without even realizing it. So, you know, let's say a designer uh, creates a graphic for Apple, and he only intended for the graphic to be used for a certain advertisement. But let's say Apple hands over this gigantic contract that he can barely understand, he just signs it, and in fine print, it says that Apple can use that graphic for whatever they choose, even though the, de the designer was under the impression that it was only gonna be used for a certain advertisement. So right there, the designer just lost his rights to his graphic to be used for other ways. So Apple has retained the right to just use it for all sorts of different things and then doesn't have to pay the designer, basically. So let's say Apple then uses the graphic for a different ad campaign. The designer goes to them and says, hey, I noticed that you used my graphic again. I should be compensated for that. And Apple says, uh-uh, look at the contract. We said that we can use it for anything we want. So those are like the type of things that designers and artists, they don't realize and you know they, they can be they can be uh, taken advantage of by big companies you know who employ them on the other hand you know like I look at Google Books now and I hated the, the, the fact that so many books were closed off because of the copyright issues and I wanted things like books to be free for everybody to use because I think libraries yeah you know I, I feel that books should be open and widely used by everyone because they help educate our society so when it comes to things like that I hate the copyright laws because I feel like they're too strict 
and, and I want more fair use of books or, you know, or, uh, encyclopedias or something. So, it, it's always, I guess it depends on the material, really. Like, it depends on what you're dealing with right now. Are you dealing with, you know, a, like a, a song, like a lyricist's song or, or a designer's graphic? Or are you dealing with books? You know, like like something that is more educational. And, yeah, it's, just, it's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard, uh, it's hard balance to find, right? Because when if if you're gonna if you're gonna protect the song then you have to protect the book just the same right so you have to give equal protection to all works but i i guess in my personal opinion i wish there was a way where we can you know protect the artist's works but at the same time promote more fair use of educational tools like books and libraries and encyclopedias and such well, so. that's where you come in, so thank you for being an attorney that will help get us where we want to be yeah. with the law. I hope so. I, I hope at least one day, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but one day I hope to, you know, contribute to achieving, like, that nice balance I was talking about. And I want to thank you for coming down, and our show is coming to an end. This has been Our Digital Future, and today our guest was Cindy Trin, attorney from New York. Thanks for coming back to California. You're welcome, Ziva. And I'm glad we got to talk about all lawyer, attorney, fun, <laughs> copyright, and law defending stuff. Cool. Thanks. And stay tuned next week for another Our Digital Future, Fridays at 4.30 p.m., and once again, you're listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening. UC Irvine Health serves.